Chapter 12 of Charlotte Temple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Charlotte Temple by Susanna Rosen. Chapter 12 Nature's Last Best Gift. Nature's Last Best Gift, creature in whom excelled whatever could to sight or thought be named, holy divine, good, amiable and sweet, how thou art fallen. When Charlotte left her restless bed, her languid eye and pale cheek discovered to Madame Dupont the little repose she had tasted. "'My dear child,' said the affectionate governess, "'what is the cause of the languor so apparent in your frame? Are you not well?' "'Yes, my dear madam, very well.' "'replied Charlotte, attempting to smile. "'But I know not how it was. "'I could not sleep last night, "'and my spirits are depressed this morning.' "'Come, cheer up, my love,' said the governess. "'I believe I have brought a cordial to revive them. "'I have just received a letter from your good mamma, "'and here is one for yourself.' "'Charlotte hastily took the letter. "'It contained these words.' As to-morrow is the anniversary of the happy day that gave my beloved girl to the anxious wishes of a maternal heart, I have requested your governess to let you come home and spend it with us. And as I know you to be a good, affectionate child, and make it your study to improve in those branches of education which you know will give most pleasure to your delighted parents, as a reward for your diligence and attention, I have prepared an agreeable surprise for your reception. Your grandfather, eager to embrace the darling of his aged heart, will come in the chaise for you, so hold yourself in readiness to attend him by nine o'clock. Your dear father joins in every tender wish for your health and future felicity, which warms the heart of my dear Charlotte's affectionate mother, L. Temple. Gracious heaven! cried Charlotte, forgetting where she was, and raising her streaming eyes as in earnest supplication. Madame Dupont was surprised. "'Why these tears, my love?' said she. "'Why this seeming agitation? I thought the letter would have rejoiced, instead of distressing you.' "'It does rejoice me,' replied Charlotte, endeavouring at composure. "'But I was praying for merit,' to deserve the unremitted attentions of the best of parents. "'You do right,' said Madame Dupont, "'to ask the assistance of heaven that you may continue to deserve their love. Continue, my dear Charlotte, in the course you have ever pursued, and you will ensure at once their happiness and your own.' "'Oh!' cried Charlotte, as her governess left her, I have forfeited both for ever. Yet, let me reflect. The irrevocable step is not yet taken. It is not too late to recede from the brink of a precipice from which I can only behold the dark abyss of ruin, shame, and remorse. She arose from her seat and flew to the apartment of Larue. Oh, mademoiselle, said she, I am snatched by a miracle from destruction. This letter has saved me. It has opened my eyes to the folly I was so near committing. 
I will not go, mademoiselle. I will not wound the hearts of those dear parents who make my happiness the whole study of their lives. Well, said mademoiselle, do as you please, miss, but pray understand that my resolution is taken, and it is not in your power to alter it. I shall meet the gentleman at the appointed hour, and shall not be surprised at any outrage which Montreville may commit when he finds himself disappointed. Indeed, I should not be astonished was he to come immediately here and reproach you for your instability in the hearing of the whole school. And what will be the consequence? You will bear the odium of having formed the resolution of eloping, and every girl of spirit will laugh at your want of fortitude to put it in execution, while prudes and fools will load you with reproach and contempt. You will have lost the confidence of your parents, incurred their anger, and the scoffs of the world. And what fruit do you expect to reap from this piece of heroism? For such no doubt you think it is. You will have the pleasure to reflect— that you have deceived a man who adores you, and whom in your heart you prefer to all other men, and that you are separated from him for ever. This eloquent harangue was given with such volubility that Charlotte could not find an opportunity to interrupt her, or to offer a single word, till the whole was finished, and then found her ideas so confused that she knew not what to say. At length she determined that she would go with Mademoiselle to the place of assignation, convince Montreville of the necessity of adhering to the resolution of remaining behind, assure him of her affection, and bid him adieu. Charlotte formed this plan in her mind, and exulted in the certainty of its success. "'How shall I rejoice,' said she, "'in this triumph of reason over inclination and—' when in the arms of my affectionate parents, lift up my soul in gratitude to heaven as I look back on the dangers I have escaped. The hour of assignation arrived. Mademoiselle put what money and valuables she possessed in her pocket, and advised Charlotte to do the same. But she refused. My resolution is fixed, said she. I will sacrifice love to duty. Mademoiselle smiled internally and they proceeded softly down the back stairs and out of the garden gate. Montreville and Belcourt were ready to receive them. "'Now,' said Montreville, taking Charlotte in his arms, "'you are mine for ever.' "'No,' said she, withdrawing from his embrace. "'I am come to take an everlasting farewell.' It would be useless to repeat the conversation that here ensued. Suffice it to say that Montreville used every argument that had formerly been successful. Charlotte's resolution began to waver, and he drew her almost imperceptibly towards the chaise. "'I cannot go,' said she. "'Cease, dear Montreville, to persuade. I must not. Religion, duty forbid.' "'Cruel Charlotte,' said he, "'if you disappoint my ardent hopes.' By all that is sacred, this hand shall put a period to my existence. I cannot, will not live without you. Alas, my torn heart, said Charlotte, how shall I act? Let me direct you, 
said Montreville, lifting her into the chaise. Oh, my dear forsaken parents, cried Charlotte. The chaise drove off. She shrieked and fainted into the arms of her betrayer. End of chapter 12. Recording by Susan Burke, SueBurkeVoice.com.